Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, hopefully second time to charm. I got to witness history at the NFL Combine here in Indianapolis. Welcome into Believe in Steelers. I'm Mark Bergen. Apologies to anyone watching earlier. Uh, Ike Taylor and I had technical difficulties. It happens. Recording our reaction following the 2024 Combine Day 3. We saw receivers, quarterbacks, and running backs work out today. Xavier Worthy out of Texas broke the record today for the fastest 40-yard dash we've seen in the history of the NFL Combine, 4.21, and it drew the loudest applause that I heard at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. An incredible moment, and I wanted to see him run through the gauntlet, but at that point, his day was done, and I can't say that I blame him because he earned himself some money today. Breaking John Ross's record set in 2017. Again, 4.21 in the 40-yard dash. It was remarkable to see. And he ran his first run at 4.25, and he was flying. And it was like, whoa, he's going to run again. He can run again for a second attempt to break the record. And he did that. And I'll say this, too. I've been at Lucas Oil Stadium the past two days watching the combine for years it's rare for someone to run faster on their second run compared to their first run and he ran faster it's i'm not gonna say it's rare but like for every 10 participants maybe there's two that run faster on their second 40 yard dash attempt out of say a 10 man sample size so just from what i've seen Glad to hear that the audio is working. Again, Xavier Worthy out of Texas, a record-breaking performance today at the Combine. I got to see history today. It was really special. Let's pay the bills really quickly. Today's episode of Believe in Steelers brought to you by BetOnline.ag. They've been with us since day one. If you want to wager on anything Combine-related, we've got offensive linemen participating on Sunday, and there's... Going to be the off-season. Free agency starts in about a week and a half. BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, today's episode brought to you by Cut.com, a peer-to-peer online social betting app. So if you want to share your bets and wagers with friends, Cut.com has you covered. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use our promo code Believe Steelers. That's B-L-E-A-V Steelers, all one word to get started there. Very excited to have Cut.com as a presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show. I'll get Ike back this coming week. We have a big week planned and... Here, here's the roadmap. Let me roadmap this for you, and I'll share more of my combine observations. Bill Hillgrove's going to be here on the Believe in Steelers show this coming week. He just announced his retirement as the play-by-play man of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a 30-year career on KDKA in Pittsburgh, and it's going to be amazing to hear from him just about all of the things that he accomplished in his career as the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers and just his favorite moments. It's going to be very, very special to have him on 
a broadcasting legend at the age of three, deciding to retire. Very excited to have him on. We're going to recap the combine. And here's the thing too. Sunday, we're going to see the offensive linemen practice and participate. And if I had to guess who the Steelers going to draft at number 20, it's Oregon's Jackson Powers Johnson, the center. You've got to fill the void left by Mason Cole now that he is now a free agent and you cut him. I really think that the Steelers are going to go offensive line with the first pick, just considering you want to get Kenny Pickett right. You want to get the offense right. You got to get a stud center because that's a position you have not gotten right since Marquise Pouncey was doing his thing when he retired three years ago. Kendrick Green clearly didn't work. Mason Cole was good i'd say serviceable in 2022 this past season way too much inconsistency it was the slaps it's the, the snaps that's getting blown off the line of scrimmage so i'm excited to see the offensive lineman tomorrow me traveling back tomorrow but let me share what i saw with you today and i talked off the top about xavier worthy breaking the 40-yard dash record that was special to see that was special to see but there's more to the receiver position than just speed and let me say this, Romo Dunze out of, or, uh, excuse me, out of Washington, I thought made himself some money today because you have the size and speed. He ran his 40-yard dash faster on the second attempt, 4.45 seconds. And he displayed today why he is likely going to be a top 10 pick. And I was glad to see that he ran because selfishly, I wanted to see Marvin Harrison Jr. participate today. We know he's probably going to be a top three, top four pick, definitely in the top five. And then Malik Neighbors out of LSU uh, did not participate in on-field drills today either. So selfishly, I wanted to see those two guys. I did. I'm not going to lie to you. But the players that we did see, Romo Dunze did himself some favors. And with his size and speed, that combination you know, we, we talk, okay, who's your second quarterback off the off the board? Is it Drake May? Is it Jaden Daniels? Who's your second receiver? Do you prefer the speed of Malik Neighbors or do you prefer the size and speed that you get with Romo Dunze? And it's kind of a win-win in all seriousness. Let me share some other receivers I thought that stood out. Brian Thomas out of LSU. We're talking about Malik Neighbors. Thomas had 17 touchdowns this past season, and he was flying in the 40 today. In Indy, he is six foot three, 209 pounds, and ran the 40 yard dash in 4.33 seconds, 38 and a half inch vertical jump, a 10 6 broad jump. He was fluid. The receivers were flying today. Brian Thomas out of LSU will likely go in the first round. You hear all about Malik Neighbors. I thought Thomas did himself some favors that today and made himself some money. I thought he had a very impressive performance. I liked the way that he moved. I want to say this, uh, Keon Coleman out of Florida State. A lot of people are going to make mention of the fact that he ran a 4-6-4-40. Watch the gauntlet drill with him. And what I mean by that is the gauntlet drill, you want to stay on a straight line. And Keon Coleman was almost topped out at 20 miles per hour during the gauntlet drill, which is flying. He's an acrobat catcher. He's go up and get it guy. He's the circus catch guy, right? He is not going to be a burner, which you see with some receivers. 
So some people might be down on his performance today. Go in and watch the gauntlet drill when he tops out at almost 20 miles per hour. He was flying during the gauntlet drill. What is his skill set as a receiver? There's different types of receivers. We talk about this all the time. You want your Maserati, your Bugatti, the fast car. You want your dually trucks, the dependable guys, the guys with sure hands. You want guys that can be acrobats that can go up and get it. You need different styles of receiver. You need different styles of car. That's what Keon Coleman can bring to the table. People are going to get hung up on his 40-yard dash time. I'm not. Go look at the gauntlet drill with him. Some people might say his stock is down after today. And yeah, I'd want to see a little bit faster of a 40-yard dash. He's still going to have his pro day at some point at Florida State. So that's what I saw from Keon Coleman. In that gauntlet drill, to me, he looks smooth enough, coachable enough in the way that he moves. It's a Mike Evans style of receiver. I'm not saying he's Mike Evans, but Mike Evans isn't a burner every year, but he seems to get open when you need to go up and get it. That style of receiver, that's what I saw from Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Also want to show some love to Tez Walker out of North Carolina. I thought he ran a very impressive 40 time today, too. I'm going to pull up the draft tracker right now to get the exact results, but he played only part of the season due to ineligibility issues, due to transfer rules that were then say, oh, no, no, you can play. And I thought Tez Walker did himself some favors today too. A 4.3640 in the 40-yard dash, fluid from what I saw. And again, you look at his stats and why, why aren't they bigger? He only played part of the season. Because the NCAA determined, oh, well, you transferred too many times. And then midway through the season, no, just kidding, you can play. Someone you could get maybe in the second or third round, where if he had played a full season, I think we'd be talking about him potentially as a first-round pick. Someone who could take the roof off of an opposing defense. Someone you have to keep a safety over the top. That's Tez Walker out of North Carolina. And I saw it in ACC country this past season. He showcased his ability today. He showcased his ability today at the receiver position, tested very well. Quarterbacks, let me talk about quarterbacks. Um, uh, I thought Spencer Rattler looked very comfortable. I thought Michael Penix has to be on time, but I thought he looked pretty good today. Um, J.J. McCarthy I thought was impressive. I could see why he's going to be a top 15 pick, whether you like it or not. I wouldn't draft him that high. Uh, he's slight of frame a little bit, but there are so many teams that need quarterbacks. Whether you're Minnesota, if you're going to bring back Kirk Cousins, whether you're Atlanta, what you do at the quarterback position there, uh, the Raiders. There are other teams that need quarterbacks. So he's going to be a top 15 pick, whether you like it or not, because we know the top three guys. I wish we could have seen them throw today and Caleb Williams, Drake May, and... Jaden Daniels out of LSU. I wish we could have seen them throw today. They did not participate in on-field drills. So you saw J.J. McCarthy. You saw Michael Penix. Uh, Devin Leary was in the mix. Sam Hartman was out there. Uh, Spencer Rattler, I thought, looked comfortable. He was a top recruit. Remember, he started at Oklahoma ahead of Caleb Williams. He was a year uh, class ahead of Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams supplants him at Oklahoma before Caleb Williams went to USC. He was a heralded recruit. I thought he looked comfortable, um, but you see now why he's likely going to be fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. And 
but I, I thought he at least looked decent. I think someone will select Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina. Um, I thought he looked comfortable today. Um, Hartman had the flow going, and he looked like Fabio in the 40-yard dash. He was the only quarterback in the first group that ran the 40 in a 4.8. Uh, he got the crowd going. I liked how he played off the crowd, just the charisma that he has. He'll have an opportunity to go somewhere. And then a guy I want to mention, uh, Joe Milton out of Tennessee, has a cannon. He can throw the ball like 80 yards like that. Uh, it's going to be accuracy for him. And if the NFL doesn't work out for Joe Milton, go to Canada because I don't think an NFL field is big enough for how strong his arm is. I think he has probably the strongest arm in the 2024 class among the quarterbacks. For him, it's going to be accuracy and can someone bring him along. But the physical tools, we talk about a quarterback with a strong arm. You can throw the ball through a car wash and it won't get wet. That was Joe Milton out of Tennessee today. Cannon arm. Cannon arm. That's what I noticed from the quarterbacks. Uh, the running backs, the kid from Louisville, and let me pull it up here, ran a really good 40, really helped himself. Um, wasn't Jawir Jordan. Um, the other running back out of Louisville absolutely tore it up today. And hang on, let me get you a name here. Isaac Guerrendo, 4.33 in the 40-yard dash, a 41.5-inch vertical, a 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. And he's 221 pounds, so he's not just light. He's got some weight to him, and he can also wiggle. I thought he had a very, very good day today, at least with the measurables. And he gave himself an opportunity today. He gave himself an opportunity today. I thought that that was uh, in a very impressive performance from the running back standpoint. It looked like even saying all this, I, I will gladly concede there are going to be players that I miss um, that we're going to talk about here in the coming weeks here on Believe in Steelers about who Pittsburgh could get um, just because there's 321 plus players this weekend in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Let's talk about speed. Talked about the receiver. Let's go to cornerbacks. This was from Friday. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson ran the fastest 40 up until today, up until Xavier Worthy. And Wiggins was at 4.28 seconds, and the 40 was flying, but only 173 pounds. He's going to have to put on some weight. What Wiggins will be as a cornerback is let me match you up against my number one and he's erased and gone for the game. But in terms of physicality of the run game, tackling, he's got the chase down ability, but tackling is going to be what he needs to improve upon. But you don't really need that from him from the style of cornerback that he is. Now, when he ran the fastest among all of the corners on Friday, injured his hip, He's expected to be okay by his pro day on April the 6th in Clemson, South Carolina. So he should be okay, but uh, he was flying, and he drew the loud loudest applause on Friday. Another guy who stood out, Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. And you get the size and speed with him because he had the second fastest time among all the cornerbacks, a 4-3-3-40, but you also get some strength and physicality, 20 reps on the bench press of 225 pounds 
And Toledo, if you watch the tape, put him in cover three and man-on-man coverage, and they were comfortable with it consistently with Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. I think you get the best of both worlds with him at the cornerback position. It's not just, okay, the pass coverage, or okay, he's a sound tackler. You get both with him. And the reason I'm mentioning this with the top two corners is this is another area where I think the Steelers could go with the 20th pick because Patrick Peterson is going to be in the final year of his contract. You like what you have with Joey Porter Jr. Levi Wallace is a free agent. Corey Trice Jr. is going to be coming back from injury. You still need cornerback help if you're Pittsburgh because Patrick Peterson, even if he does come back, is going to be on the final year of his deal. So, those were the guys that stuck out to me. Alabama's Tyrion Arnold was also very impressive. Not quite as fast in the 40, but still very fluid, still posted very good times. His interview after with the NFL Network is something you should absolutely watch. Heartfelt emotion, pouring it out, doing everything for the sacrifices that his mom made for him to get to that point. And when he backflips in the end zone with all the cornerbacks, that to me shows the leadership that he can bring to the table and the standard that he holds himself as a pro. He's a guy I'm rooting for, Terrion Arnold out of Alabama. And speaking of Alabama, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Iowa's Cooper DeGene didn't participate on Friday because of injuries. So we had eight cornerbacks run sub 4440s. They were flying on Friday. Eight cornerbacks run sub four fours, and we still had two that are very highly touted that didn't get to participate due to injuries. I thought they were very good. The safety positions, I was a little bit down on, but the two Georgia safeties were flying. Those two guys stuck out to me. I think this is a little bit of a down year for the safety position, just overall. Uh, I like the kid out of USC who's a safety as well. I think he flies to the football. I think he's a center fielder. Liked what I saw from him as well. And then the two kids from Georgia, the two safeties there, I thought really showcased themselves when they had the opportunity to showcase what they can do in Indianapolis. Um, Javon Bullard is one of them, ran a 4.47 in the 40. And then Kalen Bullock is the guy out of USC, a 4.48 in the 40. And I like what I see from those guys on tape. I really do. I really do. So if you're Pittsburgh, who are you pairing with Minka Fitzpatrick this upcoming season? Who can play down in the box? Uh, I know Minnesota's got a good safety as well. So what do you do with the safety position to pair opposite Minka Fitzpatrick? Put Minka Fitzpatrick at that center field position. Who can play down in the box? Who can be a strong safety? That's what I'm looking at it from the Steelers standpoint. Get to a few other things. Uh, Friday standouts, the linebacker position. Uh, Peyton Wilson from NC State ran a 4-4-4-40. He was the fastest on Thursday among all the linebackers. I was not surprised about this, and here's the reason why. This past season, NC State hosted and played Notre Dame in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was a game I was at. And on Monday, they have the coach availabilities after the game where coaches speak about, okay, what happened in the previous Saturday's game and what's ahead for the week. Peyton Wilson against North Carolina was clocked, running the fastest of any player in the history of NC State football at the linebacker position. And head coach Dave Dorn, this is the head coach of NC State, 
was quoted as saying Peyton Wilson ran down a Notre Dame player running 23 miles per hour plus. It was 23 and some change. I talked to a scout this weekend who told me and said, Mark, the player that Peyton Wilson chased down on Notre Dame can run a 4-3 or 4-4-40. That's flying regardless of what position you play. And you have a linebacker running down this ball carrier. There's a reason why he was an All-American. There's a reason why he was the Chuck Bednarik Award winner given to the country's best college football player. When I saw that he ran the fastest 40 among all the linebackers, I was not surprised at all. The only knockout I have on Peyton Wilson, he's going to be 24 entering the league. That'd probably be my only criticism of him. The criticisms that we have of Michael Penix with the knee injuries and the fact that he'll be 25 years old, that'd be the only point of concern that I have with Peyton Wilson. To be the only point of concern that I have. Uh, Edron Cooper as well, I thought was also very good out of Texas A&M. The linebacker there. Pittsburgh's going to need to figure out the linebacker position. Is Cole Holcomb coming back? Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts. I like the level of production that you got from those players when they were healthy, but that's the point is when they were healthy. The front seven, solidifying your middle. Cam Hayward entering the final year of his contract. Things that Pittsburgh's going to need to figure out here in the coming weeks with free agency looming before the 2024 NFL draft in late April. Peyton Wilson, Edron Cooper, uh, Jeremiah Trotter out of Clemson as well. A lot of names that you saw this weekend and like, look, most of these guys should show up in shape here at the NFL Combine. It's a step along the way in the process of a job interview. And I liked what I saw from a, a, a lot of them. I do. And it's exciting to see, okay, what does Pittsburgh do at 20? What do they do in free agency? What do they do at quarterback? Because they didn't. The Steelers didn't meet with any quarterbacks here at the NFL draft, but it's likely that they'd select one on day two or day three. I don't know who that'll be, and they're not going to reach for a J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix or Michael Penix. It's unlikely unless they fall a long way in the draft by the time the Steelers pick at number 20. But it's exciting to see, okay, what do you do at center? What do you do at linebacker? What do you do at corner? What do you do with the areas that you need to address? What do you do at wide receiver three? Allen Robinson the third is going to be a cap casualty, right? Deontay Johnson's entering the final year of his deal along with Pat Fryermuth. So you're probably going to want to keep George Pickens. You probably aren't going to want to pay the money that Deontay seeks to pay George Pickens. Who's your wide receiver three in the 2024 season? Do you approach that and fill that void with free agency? You know, I ran into Bengals fans this weekend that think it's an inevitable, it's inevitable that Tyler Boyd joins the Steelers as a slot. And I think that'd be a good addition. What needs do you have that you address in free agency? And what needs do you have that need to be addressed in the draft? Because the draft, this is a quarterback rich class, offensive tackle rich class. I could argue receiver. I could argue cornerback. And there's a lot of players that are great talents. Like, I mean, Chop Johnson at Penn State, I thought had a fine performance this weekend. There's a lot of talent in this class. A lot of talent in this class. Does Pittsburgh say, hey, best available period? 
Do they fill drastic, dire needs that they have as a franchise, as an organization, not just this season, but how the roster shakes out beyond 2024, 2025 and beyond? And how is that relative to what you do at quarterback this offseason? Would you bring Mason Rudolph back if you trade for Fields? It, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, all the names that are out there. How does that relate to what's expected to be a weaker 2025 draft class when it comes to the quarterback position? I think they'll try to run it back with Pickett and Mason Rudolph. I think that's probably plan A. But I will say this. The Chicago Bears are going to need to get out ahead of the Justin Fields trade. I talked to people this weekend. The Bears might have to take a little bit less than they initially want for Fields. Reason being, if they don't get out ahead of the market, if there's not a suitor with Justin Fields and then you're stuck with Justin Fields, it diminishes his value on the trade market. If you get 90 to 95 cents on the dollar of what you seek, they seek a first-round pick. They're probably not going to get it. Because Pittsburgh and Atlanta are your suitors. Who else wants Justin Fields? The Raiders don't want him. They have Luke Getze. The Seahawks probably don't want him. They already have Geno Smith. Who are the suitors for Justin Fields? You talk to Chicago, Chicago media, or the Bears, and they say, oh, there's a lot of teams. A lot of teams do need quarterbacks. I think Justin Fields, if the Bears are smart, gets dealt this coming week ahead of free agency. Get out ahead of the market if you're Chicago, if you're smart, if you're Pittsburgh. The longer this draws out, the less you have to give up to acquire Justin Fields. Because the question you ask yourself is, who are you competing against? Who are you competing against relative to everything that we saw this weekend in Indianapolis? Um, Tony asking this question saying, what is likely that we draft a quarterback? And if so, who at your convenience, good show. I hate to say this rattler to me made the most sense a day three pick fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, I think you try to bring in a veteran, whether it's Mason Rudolph or Ryan Tannehill to back up Kenny Pickett. I think Mason Rudolph, you have a certain price point if he seeks more. Mason Rudolph was the best Steelers quarterback this past season. I will gladly concede that three regular season starts in the playoffs. He might be Matt Flynn. He might not be very good. He was better than he was in 2019. I'll concede that. We don't know that Mason Rudolph is good. You want to stake the future of the Steelers franchise on a four-game sample size? I don't. I don't, and my point being, I don't want to pay a premium for Mason Rudolph. We can offer you five, six million dollars a year. Beyond that, good luck in the open market. Good luck with your new team. And he's he's earned himself that opportunity. He's earned himself that money. I'm not going to fault Mason for that. But when you go to a situation to where at least you know the players on the team, you're familiar with them. Pittsburgh's probably his best situation. I mean, realistically, where could Mason go? Minnesota to take over for Kirk Cousins? And you want to mess around and find out what happens when Justin Jefferson enters a contract season? Um, Pittsburgh, I do think, will draft a quarterback, but I think it'll probably be a day two late or a day three selection. If I had to guess, maybe Spencer Rattler. That's a name I'd throw out there. I at least thought he looked comfortable today. 
And if you have any other questions about the quarterback specifically that I saw today, it's a little bit hard because they're playing on air. But Rattler was a highly touted recruit. He didn't look intimidated today at all, at least from what I saw. So, Tony, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. Um, Jamie checking in saying, what up, kid? Hello. Again, apologies that the audio earlier with Ike didn't work. Technology, it happens sometimes. But this has been such a great opportunity in Indianapolis. It's been amazing. It's been amazing here. And the thing, too, that's maybe been the coolest for me is you see people that you see on TV or that you've done shows or podcasts with all the time. You see them on screens. You actually get to see them in the flesh this weekend. Um, I'll share this. I went to St. Elmo Steakhouse on Thursday night, and they have this world-renowned shrimp cocktail that'll clear your sinuses if you have any congestion. And I'm glad I had the foresight not the foresight, but I was warned that it was very, very spicy. Tremendous steakhouse, a landmark place that's been here in Indianapolis since 1902. That's been uh, cool to be part of that, cool to see a historic landmark and such an iconic restaurant. And friends recommend it. Ian Eagle, who's been on the show, recommended it. I'm glad to say that I've been there at this point. And the walkability, I mean, Lucas Oil Stadium you see it on TV. It's even bigger in person. Very, very, very impressive venue. Venue that opened up in 2008. And you get to see the combine here. Um, and an unbelievable experience and networking event. I mean, I've met a lot of people this weekend. And like, I, I'm not going to name drop, but it it's just been unbelievable. And guests that we will have on here on the Believe in Steelers show in the coming weeks based on relationships that you have with people. And that's been really, really special to be to be here physically and to get to see all of that and to get to be part of it. It's been an amazing, amazing weekend. And it's something that I hope I have the opportunity to do here in the coming years as well here at the NFL Combine. And it's a, a who's who in the league. In the league. My name is Mark Bergen. This has been another edition of Believe in Steelers. I want to thank betonline.ag. I also want to thank our new sponsor, cut.com, the peer-to-peer social betting platform. Thank you to both of them. Uh, thank you to Ike Taylor, too, for the opportunity. He's the reason I'm here right now in Indianapolis. And a congrats to Xavier Worthy, a record-breaking performance in the 40-yard dash this weekend, getting to see history, breaking John Ross's record. I hope he gets drafted the right organization that knows how to utilize his speed and his skill set because to be there to see that and the fans' reaction was truly, truly special here on Saturday, day three of the NFL Combine. My name is Mark Bergen. I'm signing off here. Believe in Steelers. We'll see you this coming week. Bill Hill grows ahead. We'll have more from the NFL Combine. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.